Hello there, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the Fanboys Anonymous Review Point podcast, coming to you, of course, from fanboysanonymous.com. I am your host, the man who calls the shots over at Fanboys Anonymous, Tony Mango, and I actually don't have a panel with me this evening. Now, we're going to get into that in a moment, but first off, I need to introduce to you what this concept is. We're going to do something a little bit different here. Normally, the Review Point podcast is where we take a movie or a TV show or something that had just happened and we get around as quickly as possible afterward by reviewing what we had or the hits and the misses of different things that went on in that particular motion picture or whatever it is that we're reviewing. This time around, though, we're just going to be talking about the 87th Academy Awards or the 2015 Oscars, however you want to designate it. And we can't really do the typical review point structure because we can't break down the plot structure, we can't do the characters and special effects and different things like that. So, uh, this would have been better suited for a group meeting, and we've done them in the past. However, little conundrum here. Out of all the people from the Fanboys Anonymous staff, almost nobody saw almost any of the movies that were nominated this year. I saw probably the most amount out of everybody. I kind of make it a point to see as many of the Oscar films as I can each year, so that really doesn't come to much of a surprise. And uh, I would go so far as to say that I care the most about film out of everybody on the uh, staff, but you know that might not necessarily be true. One way or another, though, it came to a point where almost nobody had any opinions about anything. They might have seen one or two movies. You know, we did an edition of the Four Real Movie Club earlier this month where we saw four of the films, and that ended up being kind of a struggle to find people that would be interested in watching some of these movies. So I fully agree. I understand a lot of these movies that were nominated this year were not the best, and I struggled to watch a lot of them. I kind of try every year to watch everything nominated for Best Picture, and everything you know, for the most part, nominated for the major awards anyway. But, man, it is getting harder and harder to do that. The way that they keep doing this kind of a, let's go with the independent stuff and ignore a lot of the mainstream things, you know, there are obviously movies that are in the mainstream that are pretty decent, and there's obviously independent ones that are good as well. So it all kind of depends on the films themselves each year, and if they don't have a good plot to them that seems interesting, or they don't have anything for the most part that really stands out, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. So that's where we end up uh, coming into this, where this is going to be more of a review point. And basically what I decided that I would do is I'd give you my opinions about not only the awards and the winners and the losers and anything else like that, but also the Oscar ceremony itself. I like to talk about what that show is every year. You know, we kind of ragged on Ellen DeGeneres uh, last year, was it? I think it was last year. This year, we've got Neil Patrick Harris as a host, and I'm going to say right now, he is much better suited for this role. Uh, you know, you've got your good people, you've got your bad people, you've got your hits and your misses when it comes to jokes, and you've got your musical performances, and a lot of other things that we could break down as well. So, before we just start keeping this rambling train going, and, you know, you guys get tired of hearing my voice with no real substance to it, let's get right into things, huh? So, let me bring up some of my notes that I got here that I took along the way. Uh, First off, let me just give a little rundown of some of the winners and some of the losers and different things like that. Um, And let me specify, uh, I give predictions for every award, 
but I kind of don't care about some of them. Uh, obviously, I don't get a chance to check out, you know, the best short films of the year and stuff like that. Um, but nonetheless, if you are clicking on this because you wanted to figure out what the results were, well, here you go. Here's a quick little rundown. Best short film. My prediction was Butter Lamp. I know nothing about this movie, but got that one wrong. It ended up going to The Phone Call. Best foreign language film. I got that correct. Ida. That's the only one that I had heard anything about for the most part. Uh, best documentary short. I predicted Our Curse, which I know nothing about as well, but it went to Crisis Hotline Veterans Press 1. Best documentary feature went to Citizen 4. Didn't get that one right. And best animated short went to Feast. Got that one wrong as well. So now that I got those out of the way, I actually did put some thought and some effort into some of the other predictions. I ended up getting 17 out of the 24 correct. Not too shabby if I say so myself, and that's including the ones that I knew nothing about. So, uh, yay, uh, pat on the back for me. <laughs> but uh, we had our best animated feature went to Big Hero 6. The only thing that I had really known was that I had seen How to Train Your Dragon 2, and I wasn't too impressed with it. I liked the first one, but eh, second one just wasn't as good as that. Uh, Big Hero 6 ends up winning that one, got that prediction correct. Our best sound mixing, best sound editing. Uh, sound mixing went to Whiplash. Got that correct. It made sense to me because it's a music film. So you would think that sound mixing had something to do with it. Best sound editing went to American Sniper. Got that correct too. And I had specifically said in my predictions, it better not be Interstellar because there had been parts of that movie where I couldn't even hear the dialogue. And I just do not understand how that even got nominated to begin with. But fair is the fair. I don't know all that much about sound editing. So maybe, you know, these people do know a lot more about it than I do, and they are much more qualified to uh, make that judgment call. Uh, on the other side of some of the music things, something that I thought was interesting. Now, we're just going to talk music in general about uh, different things that happen in the show and other things like that. Uh, best original song went to Glory from Selma. They had their performances for all these songs, and um, I had never heard any of them except for Everything is Awesome, which I had heard way too many times. I liked that song originally before I went in to see the Lego movie, but man, I got tired of that after a while. Uh, that was probably the best performance of the night, though. If not, it goes to uh, Glory, because that one was moving enough to make not only, um, I am not going to say his name, David, Oyo, whatever, uh, I'm not going to butcher that and make an ass of myself, but uh, he was shown crying in the crowd, and so was Chris Pine. Um, and something for the people that are interested in that, uh, that is obviously something along the lines of the whole um, African-American spectrum. Being a Caucasian guy, I can't really talk too much about that, but at the same time, I thought it was interesting and good that there were people of different descents and uh, ethnic backgrounds in that crowd scene that they had shown. Because you know what? When it boils down to what the message of these kind of movies are about, it's not a one-sided argument. And being somebody who is on the opposing spectrum, a lot of people think, which really isn't opposing, uh, I like to see that representation of my ethnic background being brought into that because, you know what? I am a supporter of equal rights, so... You know, if you are a white male, a lot of the time people act like you shouldn't have a voice for that kind of stuff, and even if it's a supportive voice. So uh, kudos to them for doing that. It ended up being a catchy song and stuff like that too, so I'm glad that that ended up winning. 
Um, the Tim McGraw, Glenn Campbell song was not too bad. Uh, I'm not a big country fan. I don't really like Tim McGraw, but that song was all right. It seemed a little odd, though, that somebody who would have Alzheimer's would some uh, say something about, I'm not going to miss you, and that that's kind of like a love song. It seems more you know, oddly depressing and almost happy about it. So I didn't want to see that win. Uh, the one that Adam Levine had sang, that really just seemed like they got that out of the way and they swept that under the rug because it didn't matter or something. So poor guy, yeah, talented singer and stuff like that. But man, he got the shaft on this one. And uh, the best original score went to, Ale- I'm going to butcher this too, Alexander De- Desplat, is that it? I don't know. One way or another, though, I thought it was interesting. When they announced that he had won, they announced his name first. And, of course, everybody, you know, clapped and stuff. But then, you know, they kind of forgot that he had been nominated twice in the same category. So they had to definitely specify. No, 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 he's not winning for Imitation Game. He's winning for Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I had predicted Johan Johansson for The Theory of Everything. And that was really just because I had heard more about it at the time when I made the prediction. But, you know, I paid more attention to the Grand Budapest Hotel score when I had watched that movie. I didn't see Mr. Turner, so I really had no opinion on that. Uh, Interstellar is the only one that I actually have some of the soundtrack because I love Hans Zimmer. Uh, And, of course, there's parts in that where he kind of just steals from uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I love that. Um, When it came to... Another thing with the uh, music side of the stuff, they had their little tribute to The Sound of Music. I hate The Sound of Music. I'm just going to say that right out. I skipped that. That was the only part of this whole show that I had skipped, except for the commercials, because I'm not going to watch that. Uh, but I did watch this on a time delay. I had, for those who are interested in the wrestling stuff, uh, I had a WWE pay-per-view that I had to do, so I was really late on the Oscars. But... I had no interest in watching something about The Sound of Music, and then when Lady Gaga came out, you know, I skipped right past that, too. But she did look a lot better than she normally does. She didn't have meat all over the place and stuff, so uh, kudos to her. Apparently, there was a great performance, but I am not going to go back and watch that because I have no interest in listening to that music. Uh, I think that that kind of rules out the stuff with music, uh, other than the idea that I always really, really love uh, how they play soundtracks from different films and, you know, main themes from Jaws and E.T. and stuff like that throughout the night. I'm a huge movie fan, and if you have an iconic score that I love, then, you know, you can put that in a montage, you can put that in a video package of any kind or something of the sort, and I'm going to love that, so... Uh, very interesting. Oh, you know what? There actually is one more thing that I need to bring up when it comes to music, and that is the opening performance from Neil Patrick Harris, which included uh, Anna Kendrick, who... Ah, oh, I love Anna Kendrick. Um, she's so cute. And the uh, the Gone Girl spoiler was definitely fun. I just love movies in general, so if you have something that is basically just celebrating movies, and you've got people doing the shadow puppetry that he had done. Uh, he's a hell of a performer as an actor and on just the stage itself. And he pulled off a damn good uh, opening number. So I think that that kind of covers the music side of things. If I forget anything and I come back to it, then my apologies for being unorganized. But uh, that'll also take me into something else that I found interesting about Neil Patrick Harris and his job as the host. He had his little predictions going, and that was a fun little joke that went on with Octavia Spencer and the glass box. 
And, uh, of course, it, you know, it ended up not being actually predictions about the Oscars. It ended up being about different things that happened throughout the night. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Uh, the, the jokes are so much better this year than they were for Ellen DeGeneres. You know, I didn't like Ellen interacting with the crowd before when she did that, the selfie or the ordering the pizza or whatever it was. I, you know, that was just blah. But they had some good jokes this time around. They had that Birdman backstage hallway segment with the drums being actually Miles Teller from Whiplash. Uh, then, of course, he comes out. He's got his uh, tidy whities on, which to me, that joke is really not that funny on its own. But he completely sold it with the idea that he had to start his next segment with acting as a noble profession. So you got me on that one. That was clever. Uh, they had a decent joke with the British accent line, but... Uh, the Annie joke really didn't hit that well. So a little bit of a downgrade there. That's a miss. If we're talking about hits and misses, that one's a miss. Uh, hit for a lot of the other things I mentioned so far, though. Um, best joke of the night, though, ended up being them referencing the whole situation with John Travolta and Adina Menzel. I said that right. Uh, the great line, a huge hit for this. The Benedict Cumberlatt. Uh, there you go. There I made my own mistake here. Benedict Cumberbatch being what you get when you ask John Travolta to announce Ben Affleck's name. That was great. I loved that. And uh, Glom Gazingo from Medina Menzel is a nice little reference to John Travolta. That whole back and forth between John Travolta and Adina Menzel was really fun. But man, I'm going to tell you a big miss on this night. And this isn't a joke that's supposed to be a joke. This was just a joke that ended up happening. Terrence Howard, he channeled John Travolta in his own right, and he tried to save himself by saying that he was blown away and he was so moved that he couldn't even do the speech and stuff like that. Nah, you're fucking up, dude, and everybody fucks up. I fucked up multiple times on this podcast alone. I can go back and edit it, but you can't, uh, and I'm not going to because I have more stuff i got to do, so sorry to those that have to listen to my little screw-ups, but uh, Terrence Howard, man, he had just this deer-in-a-headlights kind of look and didn't have a clue what he was going to say. I really feel bad for that kind of a situation because you know that's got to just eat you up inside and kill you that you know that you're bombing on stage like this and you're in front of all your peers and you're in front of people that are judging you for your entire career of every little thing that you do. And then you got the public eye, too, just in general. You know, everybody's going to make fun of you. They did the same thing with John Travolta. They're going to do the same thing with you. And the only way that you can get around that is if people sweep that under the rug and try to act like it did not happen. But uh, definitely a huge miss for Terrence Howard there. So uh, let's move on to some of the other things that we got. We've got the Best Makeup and Hairstyling Award goes to Grand Budapest Hotel. Best Costume Design goes to Grand Budapest Hotel. By the way, I'm saying Budapest, not Budapest, because I'm not trying to put on airs. Uh, best production design goes to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Best uh, cinematography, I thought was going to go to the Grand Budapest Hotel, but it ended up going to Birdman. Best visual effects went to Interstellar. Best film editing went to Whiplash, and that was a surprise for me. I thought that this was pretty much boyhoods to lose. That film took 12 years, and they had to edit that and get a lot of coverage, I'm sure, to make sure that they had every little piece that they would want to make sure that that film worked, but I apparently have to check out Whiplash if it's got that good of film editing. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay goes to The Imitation Game. 
And I'm going to point out something I pointed out in my predictions and just you know reiterate it a little bit. It really is a shame that Captain America the Winter Soldier was not nominated here. It's a stigma against these comic book films that really needs to go away because, yeah, I know, they're not these independent artsy kind of films, but that doesn't mean that there's not art behind them. And Captain America the Winter Soldier is a flat-out adaptation of comic book material, and they turned that into a damn good spy thriller. You know, I don't think that that should have won Best Picture or, you know, they should have been nominating all the performances for Best Actor and Actress and all that. But that, to me, is another snub that really should have just, they should have given that at least a nomination. Maybe not the award, but a nomination would have been good. You know, you can't ignore something like The Dark Knight and ignore something like this and then... You know, what's it going to take? We're going to have to have uh, Star Wars be that great again to try to get somebody's attention or something. Uh, rant over. Best original screenplay went to Birdman. Got that prediction correct. I thought that maybe Nightcrawler had a chance to steal that, but, you know, ended up going to Birdman. I do have to check out Nightcrawler, though. I've been hearing a lot of great things about that. Uh, before we get into the other couple of words that I haven't said yet. I want to mention one thing. The lack of the claps in the celebration of the posthumous, I shouldn't say celebration, and the honorees of, uh, I shouldn't even say honorees, whatever you would call that. What's the PC version of saying? The uh, tribute to the, there you go, tribute. Tribute to those who have passed away this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say I enjoy this segment because I obviously don't wish any of these people to have passed away. But I do enjoy that they show their respect for them, and there was something missing this year. They didn't allow them, or they just didn't want to clap along with it, and I don't know, that kind of felt like a little bit of a meh to me. And the fact that it was followed up with Jennifer Hudson doing that performance, yeah, that didn't do anything for me. Uh, interesting, though, that Robin Williams was not the final person. I don't know if they weigh those and they specifically try to pick somebody who is, like, big for the beginning and the end or anything like that, but, you know, I kind of think figured out it was going to be Robin Williams. If I would have made a prediction, I would have gone with that, and I would have been wrong about that, too. Uh, best Supporting Actress goes to Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, and that's not really too much of a surprise here in my mind. Uh, Best Supporting Actor goes to J.K. Simmons. That was another one that I had seen coming, and that ended up being a good joke, too. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris following it up with, he won an Oscar, bum ba dum 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 from his, uh, obviously, his commercials. That was very uh, interesting. Oh, actually, that's going to bring up, I forgot about the Patricia Arquette thing. Patricia Arquette argued about equal rights, and that's going to bring up the idea of political platforms. I'm not a big fan of political platforming on the Oscars. I think that, in general, you should be thanking the people that were involved in the film. And if your movie has something to do with that, then you can bring it up. But if you're just taking advantage of being in the public spotlight and you're, you know, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about that. Yeah, it's for a good cause, but, man, it just comes up so douchey. And that's for everybody, for the most part. Uh, if you're talking about anything... Uh, you know, you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, I don't care where you are, or you are talking about some kind of a disease or something, um, it, almost nobody ends up being able to do that in a way that doesn't make me feel like it's so contrived and stuff. Maybe I'm cynical, I don't know. Uh, Julianne Moore talked about Alzheimer's. Graham Moore, I think that was his name, I'm not 100% positive about that, uh, 
but I think it was Graham Moore, he talked about oppression for homosexuals and stuff. He actually did the best job of anybody when it comes to the political platforming kind of stuff, but there were people talking about there's more men under correctional, you know, more black men under correctional control than back in slavery, and I don't know. I just don't like this political stuff. Uh, I'm supportive of trying to fix the world, obviously, and I'm supportive of equal rights, and I'm supportive of trying to make sure that we cure all the diseases and we help everybody out and all that, but I would rather somebody go up there and just be like, you know, thank you to the actors and the directors and whatever, and maybe not even the family. You know, if the family doesn't really do anything, I don't think that they need to be thanked either. You know, thank you to my kids. What the hell did your kids do? They didn't do a goddamn thing. Uh, I like it more when you see somebody like who had one best actor. That was Eddie Redmayne, and he clearly is somebody who values just the importance of having won an Oscar, and he's just star-studded and floored, and oh my god, I can't believe that I won, and this is amazing, and thank you guys, and... You know, that's what I like to see. I like to see what uh, Adrian Brody did when he won his Best Actor Award. I like to see, you know, the people that really just take into account the whole situation that they're in, and they don't try to make it something that it isn't. So Patricia Arquette, yeah, you did a good performance and stuff, but I don't like listening to somebody that should be on The Daily Show or something, or on CNN or whatever the case may be. Uh, If you want to take that and apply that in as many ways as you can, then good for you, but as a viewer, I don't like listening to that kind of stuff. I'd rather that be the after-party kind of thing. I'd rather that be the interviews that you go on to the talk shows afterward when they want to try to get as many people that are in the Oscars as possible that's your time to do that when you're up on stage just thank people just talk about how grateful you are to win and whatever uh the best director award goes to alejandro gonzalez Inaritu. i am not gonna get that right so i'm not even gonna pretend like i know how to say that uh, he wins for birdman and uh the oh i forgot uh, to mention best actress goes to julianne moore for still alice Best Picture goes to Birdman. I had seen all of the nominees except for Selma, American Sniper, and Whiplash. And I had also watched uh, Gone Girl. And I would have been fine with Gone Girl being in this list. And I actually kind of would have been fine with Gone Girl winning, for the most part. Birdman was probably the one that I enjoyed the most overall out of the ones that I did see. Maybe Grand Budapest would have been a little bit higher in my book to win. I don't know. That's really tough. They're really kind of close. Boyhood, nah. Imitation Game Theory of Everything, I just thought that they were Oscar bait. So, uh, overall, when it comes to the show itself, I thought that it was entertaining, but it wasn't my favorite Oscars ceremony of the past couple of years when I've really been paying attention to it. Uh, the winners and the losers and the different things like that, I wasn't as heavily invested in this as I was in a couple of other years because this is getting increasingly difficult for me to pay attention to a lot of the things that are nominated because as other people have indicated when they've been doing their statistics and stuff, the more you get films that are just kind of coming out of nowhere and aren't really that mainstream, the more artsy-fartsy it's going to kind of feel and you got to kind of go out of your way to make it seem like you're not doing that just to spite a lot of these mainstream movies. 
maybe this is not the right way of looking at it, but in my mind, it seems like the more that we have a focus on blockbuster films, the more the Academy wants to fight back against that and actually bring the artsier films into the forefront. And you know what? If they legitimately think that they are better movies, then by all means, you got to nominate the ones you like the best. But if you're doing that to spite, then that's a different story. That's just me spitballing and thinking out loud and stuff like that. That might not be the case, and, you know, I bet you that the majority of these people legitimately do just think these are the best films and stuff, but it's something to take into account, and it's something to remember for next year, too, because if this ends up being the same as it has been in the past couple of years, we might be in for the same situation next year in the 2016 awards. It might only be me doing this because nobody else would want to check them out. So uh, I wanted to keep this kind of short and ended up being a lot longer than I expected to because I can ramble and I'm not going to ramble all that much more. What I do want to mention, though, is obviously if you guys have your opinions, make sure that you leave them in the comments below on YouTube. If you're on iTunes and Stitcher and listening to this, then you can go to fanboysanonymous.com, go to the post that this will be up with, and uh, that will be your opportunity to leave your comments below. Tell me what you think about my opinions on this. Was I right? Was I wrong? Do I have a terrible uh, viewpoint for movies and, you know, all that other kind of stuff? Uh, but share this video or whatever you're listening to. Like this, share it, uh, favorite it, whatever the situation is. Pass this along to your friends and everybody. Tell us what you think about the Oscars, what you thought about the show itself. And stay tuned as well to everything else coming your way from fanboysanonymous.com. we got another edition of the 4 Real Movie Club coming up every single month. We've got some more review points that we're going to try to be doing. We have just a wide variety of different podcasts that we do, and there's other things under A Mango Tree as well. So thank you to everybody who supports this. Thank you to everybody who obviously supports anything that we do under A Mango Tree. And uh, I think that'll do us in for Review Point Episode 8. If I had to say that this was overall a hit or a miss, I'm going to say the show was a hit. The list of the Oscars and the winners and all that other kind of stuff, that was a miss. So we're a little 50-50 here. But nonetheless, that is it for Review Point Episode 8. I am Tony Mango, and I am a fanboy nonetheless, whether or not I've seen these movies. Keep on supporting the arts, everybody. Keep on supporting Fanboys Anonymous, and we will see you next time.